Good morning. Today is Tuesday, January 24th, 2023. A few years ago, I saw a movie. You may have seen it. The title of the movie is Bird Box. It's a weird movie. It is deliberately mysterious. It's unclear what is happening or why. The premise is a worldwide fatal plague. And the only way to avoid death is by not seeing. People can protect themselves by staying indoors and covering the windows and not opening the door. And the only way to survive outdoors is to constantly wear a blindfold to be able not to see. There is only one remote, isolated sanctuary of safety, and it is a school for the blind, run by and attended by those who cannot see. I don't want to spoil the plot if you're going to see the movie, and knowing that it's weird, I do recommend it. It's, it's quite powerful, although it's very unclear what's happening. Uh, I don't want to ruin anything. I'll just say one lesson to learn from this movie is do not ever drive without being able to see out the windows. And certainly do not attempt to paddle a boat down a river wearing a blindfold. That's enough about the plot. Don't ever do that. But one of the morals of the movie, one of the underlying principles of the movie, which is based on a novel by Josh Mallerman, is that a person who is blind, who cannot see, is not just a person who has lost something, but also a person who has gained something. In this case, in the movie, what a person who cannot see has gained is protection against a fatal plague. A few years ago, I read a review <clears throat> of an unusual concert that took place at Princeton University in New Jersey. And this review was written by Corina de Franceca Walheim. It was in the New York Times a number of years ago. This concert took place at Richardson Audium at Princeton, where silence became an equal partner to the music. She writes, for the first 20 minutes, while listeners quietly filed in, I sat motionless with my eyes closed noting the sounds of footsteps and the rustle of coats. It was silent. There was no sound. Gradually, the calm deepened. From inside this stillness, the sound of a gong rang out like a bright explosion, followed by waves of amber overtones that seemed to dance with each other in space. 
then more silence. Long minutes of nothing to hear but the breathing of strangers. When ultimately the first notes of a clarinet threaded their way into my consciousness, they seemed to come from inside me. For the next half hour, as a piano joined the clarinet, music wound its way through me as sound turned pure sensation. Eventually, the last note settled back into silence. And then, there was a voice that said, Some people would find it appropriate to clap now. The, this concert was conceived by Dasha Koltunyuk, and she wrote, Our tendency toward passivity or judgment while hearing music disperses, in this creation of hers, into a pure, perceptive, and receptive state of intense present listening. In other words, silence created a state of intense present listening. Silence doesn't just mean verbal silence with your tongue. It means softening the constructions in your mind that get in the way of experiencing what's in front of you. In other words, silence is not just the absence of sound, but the presence of experience and the appreciation of sound. Let me share this with you in a different realm. One of my favorite artists is Alexander Archipenko. He died in 1964. He is known for introducing this use of negative space in sculpture, which sounds paradoxical. It is. He called it sculptural void, where he uses with powerful results a concave service a concave surface to represent a convex image. If you're not familiar with his art, I urge you to see his work. This idea that absence can also have a presence is what is conveyed in our Torah portion, the Parsha of Bo, in the ninth of the ten plagues, darkness, Choshech. God said to Moshe, Raise up your hand to the heavens, and there will be darkness all across the land of Egypt. What do those two last words mean? It means, says Rashi, quoting the Medrash, it was not just darkness of the absence of light, but rather, Shahoya Bo Mamish. They felt 
the darkness. The darkness had substance. It was not only a lack of light, it was a positive force with substance in it, and it was terrifying. The plagues increase in intensity as they go along, and this is the ninth of ten. The only plague that was worse was the tenth plague, the plague against the firstborn, which was actual death. This was unimaginably terrifying. But as terrifying as it is when it is destructive, such as in the ninth plague, equally so is it helpful and comforting when it is constructive. Let me just share with you one very practical, prosaic example. I saw this story a number of years ago. Many of you may know, many of us have had the pleasure of experiencing the Jerusalem light rail. It's a train, kind of like a trolley, goes through the heart of Jerusalem. It's very convenient, very fast. It's an amazing, amazing accomplishment. And it's very, very popular. So the person telling the story says, one day I saw a Haredi man, young man wearing a suit, a white shirt, a black hat, his tits were out, a Haredi Jew. And the person telling the story says, I saw him on the light rail in Jerusalem and he was acting very strange because as soon as he sat down, he would get up and then he would move to another seat and sit down and then he would get up and then he would go to another seat and sit down and then get up. It was just very, very strange. It was very odd. So finally, this person went over to this young man and said, just, you know, I'm, I'm curious. Why is it that you keep sitting down and then standing up and you go back and sit down somewhere else? Either sit down or stand up. So the young man was a little taken aback that, first of all, Someone approached him and asked that question. Second, well, I guess that somebody's watching him so carefully what he's doing. He didn't expect that. Okay, but he says, I'll, I'll tell you why. I'll explain it. It, it. I'll explain it. He says, I take this train, the light rail, every day. I have about a 15-minute ride every day back and forth. And what I would like to be doing during this time, 15 minutes of basically downtime, I would like to be learning Torah. That's what I want to do. I want to learn Torah. I wish I had a safer, a book that I could take with me. And um, I would have it with me and I would open it up. And so it wouldn't be dead time. I would be making constructive use of the time. I'd be studying Torah. The problem I have is a medical problem. When I read on the train, I get a headache and I get nauseous. I get sick. So I can't study Torah while I'm on this train. And it upsets me that I would just sit on the train and I would waste the time. Until eventually I realized there was another solution. If I couldn't study Torah, I could do mitzvos. And I could do mitzvos that not only affected me, I could do mitzvos that would be recognized and appreciated by everyone who sees me. What I could do is I can stand up for somebody who wants my seat.
So I sit down on the light rail, an older person, and it's always crowded. This is rush hour, going back and forth. It's always crowded. And an older person comes on the train, and I stand up, and I say, please take my seat. And they say, thank you very much. And then I see another seat somewhere else. I go sit down there. And someone else gets on the train, and I say, here, I'll stand up. Please take my seat. And I just do it over and over again so that by the time I finish the 15 minutes, I've done this whole list of mitzvos and I've shared this goodwill with all these people. It's a constructive use of my time. In his case, his sickness, his illness, was the absence of the ability to study Torah under certain circumstances. And it was also a presence of the ability to do repeated acts of kindness. The ninth plague in our Torah portion should teach us to apply practically in our lives the power of absence, of lacking, which can hurt terribly, but it can also help and save. My friends, I want to wish you a great day, and I look forward to seeing you soon in person.